This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do I tell you this? I don't want to start out with the criticism. What did I do? How do I say this? Just get your stupid freaking phone charger out of the freaking car charger port, okay? Keep it's yours out. It's my car. I can put my your charger char- in there. Charger, I, I am a good steward of my phone. You're not. Your phone is always dead. or always dying. It hardly has any batteries. You've lost phones. You've broken phones. I deserve Mostly that. Mostly our kids have. I deserve that that area, that <laughs> charger, because I do it well. I keep my phone generally charged. I'm a response. I, it's different I, when you have kids. I, you wouldn't know. I respond to texts, and I respond to, um, I even answer the phone. If you were to ever call me, I answer the phone. I'm oh, like no, the, I don't answer the phone. I'm like the other way around. That's correct. Not so a stay phone the hell answer. out of that, that no. charger. For, you've... Uh, falsely accused me, convicted me of stealing your phone and then pretending to have found it after my <clears throat> as a ruse to keep you away from your phone, which I never did. In fact, most likely you did no. and then blame me or your son did. <laughs> so I have just keep out of it. I threw yours in the back seat th- today. I was I, just keep out of it. I was going to the dump after pulling up these freaking bittersweet weeds, which by the way go right through the Right through the uh, mortar in between the bricks on the foundation of this house. These weeds are... Their sweet is terrible. That's They're true. destroying everything. Everything. They're up under the new siding we have. These things are incredible. So I'm ripping these things up, which kills my back anyway. I hate bittersweet. I want to Agent Orange this, this area here. Absolutely. Um, and so... And I come into this car and you're stupid... Charges sitting in there where mine has been cast angrily aside. By the way, I can tell. I don't tell. cast anything yes, you did. angrily. And I as a matter do of fact, not. You, no, no, I hold drove on. Hold three and a half on, young hours lady. yesterday. Hold on, young and- lady. Young lady. Mm-hmm. Your own kids have ratted you out. When I get in the car and I say, <laughs> what the freaking stupid thing doing in here? I throw what they said. That's exactly what mommy does. <laughs> Not even so don't portray do yourself a little halo, uh, Miss Hussy. Okay, <laughs> nobody's believing it anymore. These days are over. Oh. What else was I going to say? Is that? Uh, Is this the airing of grievances? I no, didn't know that, that was one. the yes. point of this yes, podcast. Yes, because I, 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 I undoubtedly have poison ivy again for another year. Oh, I'm sure there's poison ivy everywhere. It looks like it's been going yes. crazy this year. And, I see uh, it all yes. over town. That bittersweet stuff is terrible. If you guys know a way to... to <sighs> I want to destroy it forever. Some of these roots are like 18 feet long. They go all the way Oh, yeah. Them. They're like... Ma- they're crazy, the bittersweet roots. It's destroying yeah. our, our, our lives. It's awful. Um, okay. I thought I had another bone to pick with you. It was just one bone? <laughs> How can that be the only thing you're mad at me about right now? Uh, okay, let me tell you something else. Okay. 
watching the. Did you see? And you didn't watch any of the day. Every text, every text thing that I need. What? What's going on over there? Tom Ellen wedding copy. I have no idea. What does that mean? Four seventeen twenty three. Oh, oh, sorry, that's copy for a weekend. Okay. Okay, this is in my text thing where I keep the notes for the show. Okay. It's a lot of Tom Ellen wedding copies. I gotta, I gotta find my other old text because text file because it's my weekend run. He reads there, and if I don't, did you all? This is especially. I have not touched your computer or anything to do with your weekend one eighty reads or your stupid text file. I have done nothing with any of that. Thank you. All right, you are. You've been. I found it. I recovered it after you. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I, just watching these Sunday shows today, listening to them, a few things uh, were right out there. One is the debt ceiling. Republicans bad, obviously. Right. Holding nation ransom. Uh, MAGA, ultra MAGA Republicans. All the flax and the lefties on all of the place said, um, said we're saying that. That's what they're going with, the Republicans, the, you know, not, uh, was it not cashing the nation's checks or something? Yeah. Oh, paying the nation's bills on time. That's how the, the media, the, who the like, uh, the people who are hosting the shows Which say, Which is like such oh, a psychotic comparison. Well, I know, but, but the media is putting it away because it's Biden, so that they, you know that the Republicans just don't want to pay their bills. Well, the media has been on, like, this tear lately of absolute insanity and i mean i know we've always known this that the media is left wing and loves to like puff mm-hmm. up all the democrats and everything but like it's just been out of control recently in a way that i don't think i've like ever seen so first i definitely wanted to hit this wired article about pete Buttigieg that we didn't get to we didn't get to that god i no, looked off that we didn't get to that week. last week well let's get to that later then oh Okay. But we don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to the, the debt ceiling stuff. We have some cuts, right? Do we is not? it about the debt ceiling, the cuts that I sent? Are, Are they not? That's what I Biden talked about today. I sent you the cuts that were around. I don't know. That's okay. If the cuts aren't about the debt ceiling, it's fine. Debt ceiling's got to be boring. I, my only thing is I heard Biden today. I heard that he was very, very Biden, very cynical, very Republicans, uh, extremists, um, whatever. We don't have any. I, if there's no gold that jumped out at us, then there's probably no gold from okay, it. Okay, I sent the Biden cuts. That there were. I yeah, but you know. don't seem to know what they are. So let's let's keep, let's not let's not even even listen to them. I think we both would probably know if there if there were must have cuts. Do you want me to play the cuts? Well, yeah, if that's what okay, you're setting uh, what up. What do they pertain to? You don't know. I'm not sure. No, okay. you just said, can you find the Biden cuts that people are passing around? So I sent them to us. Okay, hold on. I have to re-sign into everything, as you know. Okay. Mm, okay. Can I? Um. What's this called? This browser with the Gmail has <laughs> Chrome. Can I? Can I play with my Twitter for a while? Is that okay? I don't know. Saying if this is to- a Mac thing where the Mac logs out of everything that's in it every time you turn the computer off and turn it back on, that's not. Then- a, it didn't used to be my. It's not until I. Well, you. But you don't know how to change it back to not do that. So, whereas my computer doesn't log me out of everything every time I use it. So, this didn't used to do this. I don't know what's happening. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm going to sign back in. I'm signing back into Twitter. Okay, good to know. I'm glad. Can you check my Galaxy S23, please? It was. No, uh, I can't. Okay. Your four year old has it, five year old. Okay, no problem. No problem. <laughs> everything going really well, I can see. Yes, it's me. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. Okay. <laughs> Don't get me started. I know. The Eras tour. Did you know that people are selling Gillette rainwater from the Eras tour? Okay. I, as a matter of fact, I am. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay, I'm I'm being allowed to use Twitter on Chrome now for okay. on my Apple computer. It, it seems like they're going to be okay. Thank you, everybody. Okay, going over here to the messages. This is from Alice Shattuck. Mm-hmm. These are the okay. Here's Biden from earlier today. Oh, and there's a lot of other. For example, the idea that we're uh, in terms of uh, taxes that they refuse to. For example, we. Uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by 1.7 billion dollars in the first two years, 
the deficit that we uh, were, this is about were this accumulating. Kind of. And uh, because I was able to say... No, it specifically is. Okay. ...to it that the 55 corporations in America that made $400 billion... So the Republican bill they passed supposedly has big tax write-offs for, for energy companies, and Biden's not going to give them that. He's not going to give them to billionaires and trillionaires to get an elected Republicans uh, do that. That's that. For $40 billion, $400 billion that uh, they... Uh, they hit pay zero in tax. And this other one here is... Um, the other one is about the quad thing. Yeah, okay. We can skip the quad. Do you want not want to skip the quad? I don't know. I thought you just wanted... I didn't... No, no. I, 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 if this is a strategy to make me not ask you for cuts, it has worked. It's not. You didn't care. ask me for cuts. Until oh, Alice, but but I was but, in the middle no, of Alice, setting up the show, Alice, and you Alice, were having technical difficulties. Alice, Alice and, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let me just going forward, just so you know. And this is much like Alice, Alice Shattuck's family <laughs> accounting firm, which is, I. It's not that I just simply need cuts; they have to mean something, <laughs> that something ideally relevant to the show. Well, I don't know. So don't, That's not no, where no. I was going with the show. You know, I have a bunch of topics prepared for the show. If but, you don't uh, have uh, any uh, topics on, prepared, Alice, I do have then topics prepared. Okay. But I was just going to see if there's any sound to go with the topics. I'm talking about the topics, the G7 stuff, what's on the Sunday shows. That's what I've been going over. Isn't that where he is right now and what he's talking about? You well, said get he's the- not talking about G7 stuff. That's boring. The debt ceiling stuff is the is the stuff. That's what that's what the good stuff is. So it doesn't matter, okay? But let me just read Mark Halpern's. Um, um, Mark Halpern's um, newsletter um, sums it up very, very well. On the debt ceiling talks, the president kept up to his general themes that a deal will be found and but said that MAGA Republicans were the big stumbling block. On those two points, the president's declaration that tax revenue is not off the table is sure to make a deal less likely. To, to sure to make a deal less likely and to rile up Republicans of pretty much all stripes, not just super MAGA ones. Uh, in the matter of the 14th Amendment, Mr. Biden seemed to play down its efficacy in the current crisis because of lack of clarity about how quickly the courts could do it. On whether he would be blamed for any default, the president sounded both defiant and realistic. On the merits of what I've offered, I would be blameless. On the politics, none of us would be blameless. He played down the... Con- um, he then, in order... Uh, the, okay, so the most likely outcomes are Treasury finds the money to move the X moment to July or August, which it could do. And state revenues also come in like a, on the 15th or something, which would be a big bailout. Biden and McCarthy strike. So, so anyway, that's where the Sunday shows were. They were the debt ceiling stuff. Generally, it's Republicans bad. Now, the G7 was happening in Hiroshima, mm-hmm. which brings us to the only really piece of audio that I, that I really, really wanted to play, which is the thing that got us in trouble. At the end, because they're in Hiroshima... At the end of this week with Stephanopoulos, which was now roundtabled by somebody else was on the on the anchor, they had a little piece on a historic event that happened in Hiroshima. President Biden and other G7 leaders laying wreaths at Peace Memorial Park in Hiroshima, the site commemorating the victims of the catastrophic U.S. atomic bomb attack in 1945 that led to the end of World War II. Okay, already I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit um, red flaggy. The catastrophic atomic bomb Commemorates attack. victims of, yeah. Exactly. So, okay. There should be a friggin' victory statue there. Should there by, but yes, there should. And by the way, is... There should be a hooray, so we second. ended so, World War II so, so statue. So, wait a second. So, the war started in August 6, 1945? Yeah, with a right before right before the Enola Gay flew over. With a right. That's when the war started. Yes, attack. As our foreign correspondent Britt Clinton reports, it was a sobering backdrop for the G7 summit, and a reminder in a time of global tensions of the lingering nuclear threat today. The lingering nuclear threat. Is that what Hiroshima should be a reminder of? Now, it, it, obviously, it was a, a horrific place to be at the time. 
No well, doubt right. about that. Yeah. But thanks to the Japanese imperial forces, there are a lot of terrible places to be on Earth because of them. Right. Yeah, including um, uh, you know the the and wanted Hitler, destruction and the, everybody the death else. marches. They put prisoners through, killing mm-hmm. fe- Nanking, uh, babies. I mean, yeah. yeah, all of the stuff that they had done. And so we're taking the thing that ended the war and highlighting that with no other context. In a place that understands the horrors of war, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky paying respects to the victims of the first nuclear attack in history. <laughs> I'm saying F you, dude. Yeah. Listen, twerp. Yeah. You cut We're that hundreds of billions of dollars into helping you fight Russia, and you're right. going to start to have some sort of problem with the United States military industrial complex? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, the idea that Zelensky is here commemorating victims of America, like history started that morning before the Hiroshima bomb was dropped. I, it's funny, too, because remember we talked the other day about how, like, we, we've we cast now, like, Hitler and the Nazis as sort of the big bad of our history. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the thing everything gets compared to. It's the only just war was the was getting into World War II and all that right. stuff. But it's fascinating because that... Uh, particular view of World War Two, like, you know, even the Antifa people will claim, like, oh, the greatest generation that stormed the beaches on D-Day were anti-fascists because they fought fascists, right? Like, uh-huh. they, but they want to claim that mantle because World War Two is viewed as, like, when the United States was good. But it seems to me that in their, like, myopic view of history, that the only good theater of the war was the European theater. Right. I that mean, we weren't the good guys in the Pacific somehow, even though yes. even though the, the Japanese and the Germans were allied in the war and the Japanese literally attacked us. Y- yes. And I mean, like, un- unprovoked attacked us. We were at peace and not participating in the war at that time. And they bombed Pearl Harbor like they not just bombed Pearl Harbor they tore through Southeast Asia oh yeah some... no I'm saying if you're no, going to saying... be into like you know atrocities in other countries but at the time pre us getting into World War Two, there were lots of atrocities being committed by a whole lot of people and we yes. were not involving ourselves in that right. it wasn't until Pearl Harbor that we even got involved in World War Two and fought Hitler the big bad guy right like yeah, like Tommy in the chat says that was the first F around and find out was Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. is a straight line to Hiroshima. So, the, and that's true. That in, So this weird view of history where the Nazis are the worst people to ever exist on the earth and the only good thing America's ever did was fight Nazis, the idea that that somehow doesn't extend to the Japanese and like... I mean... The, it, is insanity. Uh, it, it's truly crazy. Yes. And uh, just to F Zelensky, I, I, this, you know, the 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 quicker we, you know, uh, mop up the Japanese operation, the quicker we can neutralize and put down the Japanese uh, operation is the quicker we can finish the, although it's kind of around the same time. Yeah, it's also funny coming from Zelensky, who's literally pushing us towards a nuclear conflict at this freaking moment. That's a good point. Right. And also, I, you like, know, we're all going to end up fried like the people in Hiroshima yeah. if Zelensky gets what he wants, which is increased conflict with Russia. We're in there right now. We just gave them a bunch of stupid fighter jets or whatever. I don't do the I don't I'm a girl. I don't know all the different planes and whatever. But like we're doing side by side training with them now on our fighter jets that we're mm-hmm. giving them to fight Russians in the air. And we're talking right. about being having U.S. planes get shot up that we're training them on, which means we're like doing we're helping mm-hmm. them this is like vietnam advisors right. all over again like yeah, at a time when the we're russians gonna have do just it scored and a big victory we're, oh we're like worried about russian anti-aircraft stuff right. like well we how are we like this close to a war with russia and more about like the two biggest nuclear powers were, were like inching toward this war and like everybody's fine with it and somehow trump's the crazy one for saying he wants this war to stop like i don't right but but at a time once again when the ukrainians have just suffered a big defeat, defeat. 
Right. The Russians have their first, have really canned their first real big win mm-hmm. with Dombrovsk or whatever it's called. Bakhmut. Yeah, Bakhmut, yeah. Um, and so, Mariupol, too. But, yeah, it, it it's not, this is not, like, in a good place, this war. And we're amping up what we're doing here to help Ukraine fight Russia. We're getting more and more involved. And this cheerleading that everyone acts all horrified, like when Trump was in the town hall and he says, like, I just want there to be peace. I just want the war to stop. And he's not going to commit to Ukraine winning. Like somebody needs to turn around and say to all these people cheerleading for Ukraine to win. Like what exactly are you willing to sacrifice and do for Ukraine to quote unquote win? Right. Are you going to send your kid there? Like, well, it's re- a great, really, it's a great really, point. really, what are, what are we going to do? You want nuclear war over the border of Ukraine? Do you think, I don't do, want a nuclear well, me, war over the border you, of Alice, Ukraine. Alice, do you, I don't care that much. I'm sorry. I'm sure me, a lot of Ukrainians are nice people, but I like do not want nuclear war over it. I just don't. Do you think Zelensky would welcome Polish troops into the fight? Of course. Right. So, Zelensky wants a bigger war. Yes, Absolutely. And, you know, if I was him, I would, too, because because it's, yeah. it's curtains if you don't. Just like Churchill needed a bigger war. Right. You know, there's like everybody, including uh, Stalin, needed a bigger war. Stalin needed the Western Front to be opened and mm-hmm. some, something else to occupy some German panzers for a while because it was a sucky place to be. And they got that. And I don't see all the solemn ceremonies uh, commemorating the tragedy, the vicious attack, brutal assault that was Dresden. Oh, no. By the Russians. They're fine with that. They're fine with that. That one's okay. So let me get back to this. Um, Thank you. Sorry for the slow start. As nuclear tensions spike from the battlefields of Ukraine to the Korean peninsula, Hiroshima and its history stand as a testament to the ravages of nuclear war. There it is every morning at 8.15 exactly. That sound rings out over Hiroshima at the exact time the bomb was dropped. Detonated at 2,000 feet above the city, a single atomic bomb causing an explosion that ripped through the town, destroying everything within a half-mile radius, an intense fire swallowing up the city and claiming at least 100,000 lives. When I recall those days, I can't help but uh, I want to cry. Keiko Agura was just eight years old, but the memories of that day remain hauntingly vivid. First, there was bright flash wind Mm. like typhoon or tornado you know when i open i can we get sorry keiko can we get some other people uh, americans in the philippines americans in hawaii americans uh on on ships when japanese kamikaze pilots blew the deck away People on the Bataan Death March. Should we get some offspring of that? Anything else? Because there's no cons. There's yeah, no- it is odd, isn't it? Because the Japanese were definitely the bad guys in the Pacific. They were there's brutal. Like, there's the not the a lot did, of. The Japanese like, did was was hardcore, brutal. Imagine in the worst like way. imagine if they did do this like in Dresden, like the horrors of the firebombing. Well, yeah. That would no. be really... I mean, and we know the firebombings of Dresden were really bad. Yes. Like, the air combusted and people suffocated because the oxygen no in doubt, the air was on no, fire. But yeah. there's like absolutely just... There hasn't been a single word of context. No. Other than this brutal attack. My eyes. I was surprised because everywhere was just dark. Now 85, Agura is dedicated to sharing her story so others won't forget. Survivors now relive their experiences to a designated successor like Toshiko Okuma. Was this an accidental nuking? Or this was related to World War II, right? Yeah. This is related to World War II. Tell me something. Would the Japanese have used a nuke on the Americans? Uh, yeah, in like a second. Of course they would. These were people who were... These were kamikaze pilots. Auto. Toshiko is committing her life to taking on the tales of her survivor, who's now passed. He didn't cry at all in front of me. Okay, how do I put this? Because this seems like a very honorable woman. 
She seems very honorable, and this is. I have no problem thing. with sharing I, what happened the, in is, Hiroshima. Like, but but also, I have a problem with the news copy saying Tomika is now committing her life to to preserving the memory. She's eighty five. I mean, she committed sixty five years ago. That's something. I mean, where aren't we? Isn't the we're rolling credits here, right? Right, like right. There's been a lot written, though. People have written and talked a yes. lot about what happened in Nobody Hiroshima. Nobody think, thinks about exactly. Hiroshima and the people screaming who were blinded. I had burnt, to read that book in school. Uh, the in, one for from, uh, like... um, for Mizo, Mizo, water, water. In nobody like, we don't need to learn any more lessons about Hiroshima. We already yeah. know all the lessons. It's always processed a long time ago. That said. As the war goes with the United States versus the imperialist Japanese, there was it was our responsibility to pulverize the bastards, and they had it coming. And Jesus, I mean, the, the, yeah, this, as much is, as the Nazis did. Of course they did. Of course they did. You don't think that Eisenhower would have? I mean, not Eisenhower. Truman would have been thrilled to throw one in Berlin. And, Oh, yeah, if we'd had it before the Germans surrendered, we absolutely would have used it in Germany. Yes, you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to you know, bombard the beach in Normandy if you can just have a B-25 make a short, take a short flight from England. Right. Can you imagine, by the way, how different our whole, like, context of the Pacific Theater of the War would be if we hadn't done that and all of our grandfathers had spent another decade in a drawn-out slog fighting yeah. kamikaze pilots in the Pacific. A, just a bunch of more Iwo Jima's um, um, Guadalcanals with a hand-to-hand slog through these places. While the Japanese were committed to sacrificing themselves to die honorably while destroying Americans. It would have been, the war would have gone into 1953. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, the it's crazy because it's such... A sort of singular event in history that changed the course of so much stuff that it's like uh, when we talk about like oh the destruction of Hiroshima the the counterfactual of what would have could have been had we not done that is so inconceivable to us today also if it wasn't going to be then someone would have used a nuke at some point you know, and and I think people were shocked by just the total destruction. I mean, th- like I was saying, like we had to read that book in school. You know, the Hiroshima book. I think it's like from the seventies or eighties. It was oh, really? a pretty old book at the time, but it took a bunch of firsthand accounts and sort of wove them together. Had a bunch of photographs and stuff. Um, you know, and and like this was a really common history class debate mm. that we did in school as an assignment. Was like, should we have? Should we not have? The plus is mine. Would the war have dragged on? Etc. Blah blah blah. Like, but it, it sticks out in the mind because it was such a game changer for what could be done in a war and how much destruction could be caused by seemingly such a small technological mm-hmm. shift and. And someone at some point would have used one and we would have, humanity would have found that out. Like, better us than Hitler, better us than Stalin, better, uh, you know, somebody, better us than the Japanese at the time. Like, any. Yeah, it, it certainly seemed to have broken the um, radical fever. Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely. The and second I think, one, I guess. Well, and and the, there's more, almost more debate about Nagasaki because it was the second one, and it was like, did they, did we really have to? Would they have surrendered? But I think, um, from my understanding, anyway, mm-hmm. is that Nagasaki proved that there was more where that came from, even right. though at the time we only had two. Proved, I think Hiroshima was like, whoa, that was crazy. Right. But maybe that was a one-off that took them ten years to make, and they can't do another one. Right. right? And like, but. If you have Nagasaki too, then right. it's like, it means oh, you're gonna get one every week. They they right. can keep doing this. This is a problem. And it showed the world too, right? Including the Soviets. Um, so it- just tell him. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. His story. And that is how she shows her respect. Just tell the fact. That's enough. Don't make people cry. Near the centre of the blast stands the iconic Atomic Dome, the ruins of a former exhibition hall, one of the few structures that survived the explosion. This is a shrine outside the Atomic Dome. You can see there are flowers, there are photos. Reminders around Hiroshima to keep memories of the consequences of that day alive. I know the fear, the reality when the nuclear weapon was used then I can't stand even existing. We need to think about the future generation. For this week, Britt Klenet, ABC News. So I think the subject, that woman, mm-hmm. did not give them what they were looking for. They right. tried to case it around. They want mm-hmm. America back. Because she also said evil. It's like, no, 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 just blame America. Don't blame evil. Don't blame evil. That means you could be blaming the Japanese who started this thing. Um but um, yeah, and my dad was in Japan in the in the like late fifties, early sixties, uh, uh, in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and he he went to Hiroshima, and he he met a bunch. Of, he loved the Japanese. He loved them. But he was in the, also in the United States Air Force, and he was. It's not. It it was a time where you had to both be have feelings of humanity. Because he saw these people, he saw people who had been burned, et cetera, who were right. just, you know, 20 years before that or whatever. And and he loved those people. He met some um, some of the people in the the attacking fleet from Pearl Harbor, a guy named Colonel Genda, who he thought was fascinating. You know, and it's like in peacetime, you can talk to these folks. And and, and he was, he, my dad used to shudder at, at the idea of the atomic bombs, but was still a proponent for their use. Because you had to be at the time, people knew how many dead Americans were lying on beaches around the world. Oh yeah, and, people's uh, relatives in his lifetime had yes. come home in boxes, so it was yeah. a little more. You'd see like, that people realistic. around the country were scared to death to see that uh, that that entourage drive around and pull into their driveway with the uh, uniformed right. officers, you know, the liaison guys or whatever they are. I forgot what it's mm-hmm. called. Um, so, I mean, we don't have that now. So now we can look back and say it was well, just a yeah. thing. So the, so the specter to people in that era loomed very large that that war could have gone on another five or ten years in the Pacific. Yes. And there's no guarantee that because you're Americans, you just get to win all the wars. Right. No, that's, that was, that's you know, not been the historical thing that happens generally. Like, I, I mean, we yeah, we didn't. It's easy now with how monolithic like sort of world culture is to see America as this, you know, impossible to defeat force. But yeah. at the time it was totally possible Japan could have won the Pacific theater. Yeah. I mean, they were before the United States really got involved heavily there, Japan was running roughshod over everyone in the mm-hmm. Pacific. Uh, it was like not not even a competition. And so, like they, it, everything could have gone different ways, you know. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't a guarantee. And it, so, I think it's very easy now, when America is the most powerful country in the world right now for the moment, to think that that's always the way it was and always the way it will be, going forward. But it's just, things don't stay the same forever. Right. What else we got? You had a Am I allowed to do the Buddha judge? You're allowed no? to do whatever you would like, my sweet, lovely <laughs> dear. My my thing is, is go ahead. Um, so okay, so that Are you was, sure we didn't do this? I'm positive you didn't we didn't read do these it. Words to I me. said we didn't get to Buddha judge, and you said we'll do it on Sunday. 
Okay. In our show. Oh, that's right. Thursday. Because then you read me this up. Was it off the air? And I was like, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those times I regretted it. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Anyway, so um, the whole thing narrative that I was setting up before we switched gears, which was fine and great, and I loved switching gears. What did we switch gears? When did we switch gears? Um, was that the media has been like hyper friendly to Democrats lately, and just like over the top absurd about, um, in particular, Democrat politicians and. Almost in a gross way. Mm. So Wired wrote this profile of Pete Buttigieg, which I don't know if they're like trying to push to replace Kamala or where this is coming from, this Buttigieg stuff. Like, I know people have always kind of loved him and whatever, but this was just really beyond. This is um, this is by Virginia Heffernan in Wired. This is from, I believe, Thursday. And um, it's entitled Pete Buttigieg Loves God beer and his electric mustang subhead sure the u.s secretary of transportation has thoughts on building bridges but infrastructure occupies just a sliver of his voluminous mind already that is already edit one you, <laughs> you can't write that you can't you can't be in having the vapors right now over his intellect well i think the one part that's true is i don't think he's using a lot of his mind thinking about infrastructure well, that, but I don't think it's because it's, his mind is just so huge. <laughs> well, we know what that means. If you're the editor and you you see that, read that, and that's the subhead or that's the lead, you say, "Oh, I see. He got to you. Oh, you bought it. You you bought." He's not going to sleep with you, Virginia. Yeah, we he likes put men. Somebody else on this interview because you're not. The idea is you don't get charmed by the dummies and the pseudo intellectuals. I know somebody is, but don't do it. Don't do it. Right. right. This is a McKinsey guy, a business consultant who now is a gov- forgettable government bureaucrat. Yes. I mean, like, you don't have to bow down to... This isn't Stephen Hawking or something. This is... Like, no. You don't have to... The curious mind of Pete Buttigieg holds much of its functionality in reserve. Even as he discusses railroads and airlines down to the... Well, wait a second. Should he be holding it in reserve? No. If, he, if he's such a genius, why doesn't he unleash it in service of America here? Since There'd be fewer muscle, uh, mushroom clouds uh, in uh, East Palestine, you know? Well, he's holding it in reserve. For what? We're not sure. <laughs> Maybe you'll get to see <laughs> Even as he discusses railroads and airlines down to the pointless data that is his current stock and trade, the U.S. Secretary of Transportation comes off like a Mensa black card holder who might have a secret Go habit, or a three-second Rubik's Cube solution, or a knack for supplying off the top of his head a day in the week for a random date in 1404 along with a non-condescending history of the Julian and Gregorian calendars. Now, bear in mind, none of that last sentence happened. That's all in her imagination of her impression of what he might be like. But also, he but, acts like yes. he could be a Mensa black card holder. He acts like he could have a secret Go habit. Do you know what Go is? No. It's that Chinese game with the black and white circles. It's a strategy game. Oh, like, right, okay. it's, I hesitate to say it's like chess, but it's considered very smart people play Go. Or a three-second Rubik's Cube solution. He doesn't have a three-second Rubik's Cube solution. We're just fantasizing about him doing Rubik's Cubes and knowing about the Julian calendar. Does he actually know about the Julian calendar? We don't know. We're just imagining she's having a sexual fantasy about him telling her about the Julian calendar. As he's um, undoing her bodice or something. (laughs) Do you want to see me do a Rubik's Cube? Bodice is the thing that Three seconds? Yes. Okay. As Secretary Buttigieg and I talked in his underfurnished corner office one afternoon by the in way, early spring. By the way, let the record show that this piece is an interview. So she, all this We're not love even story, to the all this, interview this yet. Uh, masturbatory stream of consciousness is, is, this is the level intro. setting. Right. <laughs> Just so you know, I am in sexual peak during this interview. <laughs> And there's good reason. 
As Secretary Buttigieg and I talked in his underfurnished corner office one afternoon in early spring. <laughs> He's got too much brain function happening to get to a furniture store. That's high level. Mensa Black Card. <laughs> Does Mensa have Is a that, black card? I don't, even, I don't even know if Mensa like, still no, you exists. Know what? There's Is only that even one like a thing? black card yeah. holder. And, and his office is sparsely furnished. <laughs> Uh, as we talked in his uh, underfurnished corner office one afternoon in early spring, I slowly became By the aware. Way, here's another thing. Here's another thing mm-hmm. that I just think about Jules Crittenden, the editor of the Boston Herald, who obviously, if I had written this oh, to this point, <laughs> he would uh, he would assume he'd be double over laughing because he'd know that I I was joking. This was a joke, but but if not, he'd be like the the, the black. Uh, Sharpie crossing out of stuff would be <laughs> including when I spoke with him early spring. No, it's when... the opening to a romance novel, yes. not a, uh, set up for an interview. Yes, imagine topic. close up, cut to hummingbird. <laughs> you know, it's... the bees buzzed outside his window. Yes, and it's it sparsely furnished room, but his mind is heavily furnished with thoughts so deep. I slowly became aware. This is the actual article now. This isn't just us making fun. This is her words again. I slowly became aware that his cabinet job requires only a modest portion of his cognitive powers. Other mental... You know what I'd love, Alice? Is that she even prostrates herself in front of him. Mm. I, because I'm only a... Lowly... A minus student... I slowly became aware. I didn't even realize what a genius this man was. Yes, it takes me a while because I'm not at his level. And he is he was aware of everything about me immediately. There's no <laughs> doubt. Other mental facilities, no kidding, are apportioned to the Iliad, Puritan historiography, and Nausgaard Spring, though not in the original Norwegian slacker. Fortunately, he was willing to devote yet another apse in his cathedral mind to making his ideas about three mighty themes. Neolip- what is an apse? <laughs> it's like one little area of the cathedral. Okay. Like- okay, I see. <laughs> the uh, one pointy part of the cathedral. Um, Let me ask you a question. Yes. Before she wrote this piece, this love story... Speaking of Taylor Swift. He devoted one app to me. Do you think that she knew what an apps was? No. Metaphors about smart people. What <laughs> do cathedrals have a lot of? And by the way, it's not just a big warehouse-sized mind. It's a cathedral mind because he's a god guy and electric mustangs and beer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to this gentleman. <laughs> Very few people like god, electric cars, and beer. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, he was willing to devote yet another apse in his cathedral mind to making his ideas about three mighty themes, neoliberalism, masculinity, and Christianity, intelligible to me. (laughs) Um, Where exactly do those fit into the Department of Transportation? (laughs) How about instead of cathedrals in Norwegian literature and how about trains, buses, bridges? Any was there apps for those or no? We'll get to those. Okay. Whew, are you ready for yes. the longest sentence ever written on the earth? Because Buttigieg at forty-one is an old millennial. Well, hold on, I want to stop you for a second. We are twenty-six inches in so far. <laughs> this is almost over, and no, she it hasn't is yet not talked to him. Almost, no. Yeah, but, but she no. hasn't begun talking to him yet. <laughs> Because, as a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford, he got a first in PPE, philosophy, politics, and economics, the trademark degree for Labour Party elites of the Tony Blair era. Because he worked optimizing grocery store pricing at McKinsey. Because he joined the Navy in hopes of promoting democracy in Afghanistan. Because he got gay married to his partner, Chastin, in 2018. Hold on. I have a question for you. Yes. How many oceans does Afghanistan have? Um, <laughs> a lot of oceans. Why do you? I want to promote democracy in Afghanistan. Which brand of service are you going to do it in? The one that doesn't go there. <laughs> um, 
because he got gay married to his partner Chaston in 2018, and because as mayor of South Bend, Indiana, he agitated to bring hipster entrepreneurism and high-tech investment to his Rust Belt hometown, I had to ask him about neoliberalism. The happy idea that consumer markets and liberal democracy will always expand and will always expand together. By the way, I'm looking at the map here. Afghanistan uh, does... At least uh, three have, oceans, right? Okay. If Iran, Pakistan, Turkmenistan, <laughs> Uzbekistan, and Tajikistan are oceans, <laughs> then yes. Then it's not an ocean. But mostly it's very much landlocked. I'll go there with the Navy. Um, but, but that last sentence you read, the hipster, can you start that one again? Uh, the last clause of the 17 yes. clause sentence with yes. all the becauses? Uh, because... As mayor of South Bend, Indiana, he agitated to bring hipster entrepreneurism and high-tech investment to his Rust Belt hometown. What does it mean when you've agitated to bring hipster entrepreneurism? Especially as a mayor. How do mayors agitate? What does it mean if you've agitated to do that, those two things? That you didn't do any of those things. Correct. It didn't get done. Because you agitated. I was also fascinated by the way that Buttigieg, who has long described himself as That would be the sixth punch in the... um, throat by Jules Crittenden if I said I was also did you say also impressed? Fascinated. Fascinated. By the way that Buttigieg who has long described himself as obsessed with technology and data has responded to the gendering of tech and especially green tech by fearsome culture warriors including Marjorie Taylor Greene. What happened? The gendering of tech? She wants she's fascinated by the way he's responded to the gendering of tech especially green tech. Oh. That's what when I think Pete Buttigieg, I think wow, like his a... response to the gendering of tech has been so incredible. I really need to ask him about that. Remember, remember the audio in East Palestine when he's looking at one of the trains so it's like upside down. And he's like, "What's he doing that one over there?" What's that guy? I guess he didn't. Um, he didn't know the gendering of tech of that guy. Yeah, what's that guy? That's right. <sighs> Buttigieg, whose father was a renowned Marxist scholar. Oh yeah, I remember his dad. In many pieces, that wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> was himself a devotee of Senator Bernie Sanders as a young man. He now recognizes that the persistence of far-right ideology with its masculinist and anti-democratic preoccupations is part of the reason that neoliberalism has come undone. Not everyone, it seems, even wants a rising standard of living if it means having to accept greater enfranchisement of undesirables, including women, poor people, black people, and the usual demons in the sights of the world's Ted Cruz's and Tucker Carlson's to work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh, Just fix this. So I'll people. follow that up with asking, will you be heading there? Uh, I am planning to come. Uh, I've been uh, careful to respect the independent role of the NTSB and stay out of their way. Uh, but we're now entering the phase where it's about policy. It's about what my department does, uh, which is ensuring that there's a high standard for these railroad companies. And I think an important part of that process is to be with the residents of East Palestine to hear their stories and to talk about the action that we're taking. Took him a month, but eventually he got there. What's this this guy right here? That was one of the cars that was in a a derailment. Um, Pete, stop listening. Doesn't matter, dude. He stopped listening the moment he was done with his question. He does not care. He's thinking of the North Star God uh, book, not in the original uh, Nor Norwayish slacker, and uh, he's where he's his none of his apses in the cathedral of his mind are concerned with your train problem. Right, and then it goes on into this long interview where she definitely doesn't ask him about. She asked him about the culture wars and Bud Light and. Uh, the masculinity crusade of Tucker Carlson. Oh, God. Questions that he is interested in answering because he doesn't like 
transportation I mean, questions. where to begin on this? Fears about masculinity are a way into the fear of displacement. Masculinity establishes a default place, and that place is being shifted and threatened by modernity. A man is the head of the household, the only one who earns income, the default leader in any social or political organization. The politicization of masculinity... Is that him? Yes, this is him. Jesus. ...is code for nothing in your life has to change. The problem is, of course, lots of things have to change, either because there was something wrong with the old way, or because even as the old way seemed perfectly fine... It's not an option. This is true with the realities of climate change. I sent us a cut of him talking about climate change, too, by the way, in our thread there. If you can't face that change, you might retreat to the default place of masculinity. Maybe that's why someone characterized electric vehicles as emasculating. I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Are they not? To me, a car is a car. Actually, the electric truck has got more torque than a regular truck, and it'll tow just as well. Yeah, except your battery is going to run out pretty fast if you tow anything that weighs anything and the interviewer asked him and yet evs unaccountably fall on the femme side of the ledger like impossible burgers and he goes right a lot of this discussion about masculinity doesn't have anything to do with the immediate function that's at stake i'm thinking about burgers right i love a good cheeseburger i hate a bad veggie burger i like a good veggie burger the burger king impossible whopper with bacon is not a bad combo what the hell is he talking about Impossible Burger. No, I know. Is, I'm just like, why are we? Why is this? What it's is about th- masculinity. Likewise, when it comes to driving, I mean, there's a very literal, physical, technical sense in which power is at stake when you drive. It feels good to be driving a vehicle with a lot of power. The vehicle I get around DC in is a Mustang Mach E. The fact that Ford made one of their first electric vehicles a Mustang is probably not an accident. It has three modes: whisper, engage, and unbridled. There are propulsion sound okay. effects. Clearly, we have a chance to rewrite some of these easy gender tropes. My life happens to cut across them. I like drinking beer, lifting weights, splitting wood. (laughs) What do you think people just just not spend a lot of time doing? Yeah. (laughs) I'm also gay and I like playing piano. I do a lot of the care. Oh, my God. I do a lot of the caregiving for our toddlers and other things that supposedly aren't masculine. Oh, my God. Virginia says, your secrets are safe with me. So what's going to stop the androgen-addled, Putin-besotted ideologues? Okay, that's enough. They can't do it anymore. We should do this chat-chat. Okay, we'll jump to the chat. Chat-chat. I, I have other things to talk about in the <laughs> Patreon show. We'll get to that momentarily. But we can listen to our chat-chat messages. Uh, these are brought to us, of course, by Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce on the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline. You going to the Sally's game after this? Yes. Am I? Probably if not. If you want to. Hey guys, Steve from Gloucester, how you doing? I had somebody call me Stevie this morning, and I don't think I've been called Stevie since I was like 12 years old. I'm now 45, and I was wondering, Tom, if you have people still calling you Tommy? Do they just call you Tom? And how do you feel when somebody does call you Tommy? Does it bring you back to your past when you were a child, or does it seem strange these days? Thanks. So yeah, Steve. I have um, mostly who, family people or pe- family who knew like me when I was a kid, and, stuff, yeah. and then some people I went to school with uh, Winchester. People call me Tommy because I use Tommy. There was two of us. Mm-hmm. There was Tommy S. That's me, and Tommy M. That's him. And then um, <laughs> yeah. I have an ex girlfriend who who calls me Tommy. Alice one time very drunk. Sometimes I call you call Tommy. Tommy. It's very cute. Um, and um, but that's it. Oh, I wouldn't mind. I, I wouldn't have a problem with this. Italian guys sometimes call me Tommy as a tear, term of endearment, I think. Um, and and uh, Tommy Finneran called me Tommy, but in the same way the Italian guys used to. There is, um, there is, I do know a, a guy who called somebody else Stevie to try to be cool. It was a, it was an IT guy I used to work with. No offense if you're listening right now, but it was really kind of a, a sad moment. He got, the guy lived in Southie. And and so we're all driving. Me and a few other managers were all driving to the new Herald office, and and I see that there's a scrum in Southie on the side of the road. That's where the Herald was. Mm-hmm. And Rep. Stephen Lynch was there talking, and I go, "Huh, Stephen Lynch is over there giving some kind of uh, talk with the with the reporters." And the guy just wanted to feel cool, so he goes, "Oh, what? Stevie's there? Ah, oh, poor thing, Stevie. Mm-hmm. Please." So there you go. But I wouldn't take it personal. I mean, it, it, people, it takes more to call you Stevie. So you're getting more work out of people. It's a higher dollar. I understand, though. I like 
I tend to try and call people what they tell me they're called. Like, I've never understood that. Like, my mom's name is Pamela, and people mm. call her Pam. She literally hates the name Pam and never ask people to call her Pam like, or introduces like herself as Pam. I don't like against I mean, she's stuff. not, she doesn't, like, complain about it. I call you Albie, it, and it's not even your name. I well, call I don't, you Allison. You're just defensive like that. <laughs> you just do what you want. No one can stop you. You call me Creedies, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Nobody's gonna know why. Shea Concrete, that's why. Dorothy Shea. Dorothy Shea. Why am I Dorothy Shea? I forgot. But <laughs> Dorothy Shea was somebody who worked in the reservation department. Very nice woman with, who had a beautiful daughter. Doing some projects out and about in the yard today. Very good. Take it easy. To, both Tim and Steve have nice birds in their messages. Listen to Steve. Hey guys, you hear that? Maybe they're together. Maybe, oh my. Wow. Ooh. Doing some projects out and about in the yard today. And for a refreshing afternoon drink, what did I have? About 20 ounces of the iced tea. No ice. <laughs> that when I made it, I let it sit in the sun just to warm up. Mm. Ah, delicious. <laughs> I love that noise, too. <laughs> I made it. I let it sit in the sun just to warm up. Ah, delicious. <laughs> Not like that bourgeois ice that some people drink with their liquids. Well, if it's, it's iced tea. Then just drink the, the cooked, <laughs> the hot tea. <laughs> hey, Tom. Steve from Gloucester. Hey, How Steve. you doing? Good. I was wondering when you became Michael Douglas and fallen down. I mean, after hearing your uh, driving story in Georgetown, I was worried that you were going to blow up a highway bridge oh, yeah. or you were going to go into like a whammy burger or you were going <laughs> to go to a golf course. I mean, I was really worried for you after hearing that story. I hope that you've calmed down because we don't need another Michael Douglas on our hands. Don't we? I mean, he, Michael Douglas was right. People in cars are terrible. Terrible. People this morning, oh man, there was a dude today. First of all, I'm on the main road in front of the market basket and this lady is driving perpendicular to me towards me. I'm obviously on the main road thing. She's coming towards me, and I knew it. I could see, I could sense it that she wasn't going to stop. So I stopped. She just coasted right by. Now, I had the right of way. It would have been a car accident where maybe she would have been killed. Maybe I should have just, maybe I should have just gunned it and tried to go right at her. I'll allow the, the uh, comic Next time. Next time. Yeah, next time. Not to, um, no more. People suck, and they're getting worse, and they won't get the hell out of the way. Remember, I'll sing the slow end in the way. The slow end in the way. Dun, dun. They keep me from my door. Mm. They keep me waiting here. I guess I'll wait some more. That is the slow and in the way. Those are the people. I invented that with who you, destroy by the way. Our, well, the slow and in the way are my theory of people who destroy our lives and are killing us. <laughs> I know, you but actually, I invented making it a song. You adapted it to the theater, correct? Thank you so much. If you are listening on Patreon, stay there because I have more to talk about in the Patreon segment, including uh, John Fetterman, senator from the great state commonwealth i believe of pennsylvania um and retail theft a topic in which i have some expertise actually not because i do it but because i've been uh, i've worked in a lot of retail stores um so we'll see you over on the other side for the patreon show that's at patreon.com slash burn barrel shows for free at burn barrel podcast Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.